Well, folks, Shaw Jerry Adams Arish, August Morris Gra, Tassola Gumsago will ship Shigo Yor, August Gulyar, Gumoy, August Ega, Win Saltas and Amsher Untak. So, Jerry Adams here again, and hoping you're all getting the benefit and enjoying this beautiful spell of really good weather. So, first of all, a wee word of uh, solidarity with our friends in the Basque Country. As we Irish Republicans were enjoying the recent success in local government elections in the North, our friends in the Basque Country were also enjoying significant and historic electoral victories. E.H. Beldu uh, did extremely well. And the election was for 12 regional governments and 8,000 municipal councils. And the result was bad for the governing Socialist Party and good for the opposition Conservative People's Party. However, in the Basque Country itself, pro-independence, E.H. Beldu made significant breakthroughs in the Parliament of Nathoro and in the county parliaments of the Basque Autonomous Region, the provinces Araba, Biscala, and Jizuku. And I've probably mispronounced those uh, names, so Black Molesquiel. Arnaldo Otegi, frequent visitor to, to Ireland, told the press conference, we're committed to leading the change that people demand and we're open to building alliances for the benefit of the majority. So well done to Arnaldo, to Arco, to all of our friends there, and well done to all of the progressive voters in that region. Now back to our own situation. It's, it's now accepted as a matter of historical fact by all but a few ostriches, that human rights abuses and inequality were at the core of the Union Estormont regime. Discrimination in employment and housing, the gerrymandering of electoral boundaries onto the Unionist one-party state were embedded in the DNA of Britain's colonial outpost in Ireland. And consequently, when the Good Friday Agreement came to be negotiated, the issues of equality and human rights were central to the revisions contained in it. And under these, there was to be a Bill of Rights and a European Convention on Human Rights, the ECHR, and they were to be incorporated into law in the North. However, 25 years later, there's still no Bill of Rights, and British Tories have repeatedly said that they will get rid of the Human Rights Act in other words, they will get rid of some central tenets, many of the key provisions of the Good Friday Agreement. And the adverse impact of Britain's refusal to honour its human rights commitments has been underlined in three recent significant reports coming out of Europe. The report by the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe confirms that since Brexit, the rights of individuals in the North have been undermined. This report goes on, Brexit has already led to a diminution of the rights of Irish and EU citizens 
in Northern Ireland and threatens to do so on an even greater extent in the future. The European Economic and Social Committee report the implementation of the EU-UK withdrawal agreement was published in January. It found that the British government has failed to live up to its commitments, which were to continue to facilitate the work of the Human Rights and Equality Commission established under the Good Friday Agreement. And it concluded that the British government has acted incompatibly there's some difficult words in this podcast this week. Uh, with its with this commitments, in other words, it, it it has acted against this commitment, in particular, in running down the Northern Ireland Human Rights Commission, to such an extent that the UN Accreditation Committee has declined to renew its UN A status. And the third report is by the International Jurist Delegation, which came to Ireland in February. And it represents international human rights lawyers from Europe, the USA, South Africa. And the wide-ranging report, The Crisis in Human Rights Framework of the Good Friday Agreement, specifically examined Britain's proposed legacy legislation, the changes to the Human Rights Act, and the impact of Brexit. And the conclusion makes for damning reading of the British position. The report concludes the UK government will violate international law if it passes the legacy bill. The delegation called on the British government to end its legal and political attacks on the Good Friday Agreement. And the report asserts that the British government is not acting in good faith or fulfilling its role as an honest broker and maintaining the terms of the Good Friday Agreement. The report calls for the Legacy Bill to be withdrawn and for the Human Rights Act to be strengthened, not weakened. Human rights protections that are an integral part of the Good Friday Agreement are under sustained attack from the Tories. A vigorous defence is required, but specifically there's a heavy onus on the Irish government as the co-equal guarantor of the Good Friday Agreement to employ its diplomatic and political resources to challenge this British strategy. And let me, if I may, commend the recent trip by First Minister-designate Michelle O'Neill, her recent trip to Washington in advance of the British Prime Minister's trip to ensure that our friends that the champions of peace in this country and the supporters of the Good Friday Agreement will continue with their commitments to uphold that agreement and to ensure that the damage done by the British and by the Tories is minimised. So, well done, Michelle. And farewell, Boris. Sinead, Slan. There's nothing else to be said. Go in peace. Now, just to uh, deal with another little crisis in my life. I've given up my good bike. I've actually given my good bike away. And, And this marks a defining moment in my life. My good bike sat in the backyard for almost a year 
That's the last time I was out on it a, a year ago. And it was dawning to me that my cycling days were over, except for occasional sorties on a greenway in some secluded place. But it was difficult to face up to that. I was reluctant to face up to that. So it seemed to me that for as long as I held on to my good bike, I held on to the possibility of venturing forth on it. Once it was gone, that possibility was gone also. So I hung on and on and on. And then then it struck me that somebody else could be getting pleasure from my good bike. So I gave it to Henri Og, a fine cyclist, on condition that he's kind to it and that he wears a helmet. I got my good bike in Dundalk about 15 years ago. It was great for scooting about Dublin when I was a TD. Richard would be stuck in traffic as I whizzed past him. Now, it's dangerous cycling, and it was dangerous cycling in Ballyaclea. Some motorists are oblivious to cyclists, but I survived, and I enjoyed the freedom that a bike represents. Then I brought it back to Belfast. And here some motorists are equally oblivious to cyclists, but some were not so oblivious to me. Irate anti-Shinner wannabe death drivers tried to run me off the road a few times. Others used to shout abuse as they drove slowly alongside me, dirty fiendian invective as a ruination of a good spin on a bike. Eventually, the Sinn Féin traffic police had a word with me, so I limited my outings. Then I hurt my back, and the good bike was grounded. Now, like most activities, it's hard to get started again once you've stopped. But now I think I've done the right thing. At least the good bike is getting a bit of exercise. But I miss it. I've been cycling since I was a wee buck. Joe McGee and I used to make our own bikes with salvaged frames, refurbished brakes and wobbly wheels. We got very good at repairing and riding our Mickey-up steeds. We used to wander out to Glen Navy and Loch Ney on Sundays. Once I careered down Hannestown Hill, but it was a straight run down to Suffolk Road. My brakes failed and I screamed across the Glen Road at high speed. Luckily, there were no cars to impede my passage. I remember when I got my first wage, I bought a new racing bike on hire purchase from a shop on the Shankill Road. I also remember crashing it into the back of a bus on the Springfield Road just below the West Circular. The county conductor took me on my injured cycle on the platform of the bus and dropped us off in the city centre close to the Duke of York, my workplace. A new front wheel from Garvey's and I was able to cycle back home again that night. Some years later I dodged Brit Army roadblocks and slipped around Belfast on two wheels. So, dear listener, can you see how I miss my good bike? Over the years I've come to understand what Flann O'Brien meant when he wrote in The Third Policeman that people can take on the personality of their bike. Flann wrote, the gross and not result of it is that people who spend most of their natural lives 
riding our bicycles over the rocky roadsteads of this parish get their personalities mixed up with the personalities of their bicycle as a result of the interchanging of the atoms of each of them. And you'd be surprised at the number of people in these parts who are nearly half people and half bicycle. When a man lets things go so far that he's more than half a bicycle. So there you are, my friends. I'm not half the man, or indeed half the bicycle I used to be, but at least the good bike has a good home. So I got a very favourable response to my reading of The Man From God Knows Where uh, last week. And uh, this notion of resumitations is, is one which used to feature in social gatherings when I was much younger than I am now. And somebody would always come forward with a, a poem. And one of the, the very favourite ones of that time was a poem by the Reverend William Marshall. He was the bard of County Tyrone. And uh, he, he wrote this poem, Drumlister. He, he wrote quite a few poems. But Drumlister is probably the best known one, sometimes known as Me and Mada. And he, he wrote it in the dialect. And he, he made, made the point, and I was victim of this also, he made the point that there was an effort made. He actually wrote that the, the schoolmaster tried to get rid of the dialect, to get it out of us with a cane. And now, thankfully, in more enlightened times, as he says, as Reverend Marshall says, the dialect is no longer begging at the back door. We have looked more closely at Shakespeare and Milton. So, uh, let's have a, a go at this. I'm living in Drumlister, and I'm getting very old. I have to wear this Indian bag to save me from the cowl. The Dale of Man in this town land was cleaner rard than me, but I'm living in Drumlister, in clobber to the knee. Me da lived up in Carmen and kept the servant boy. His second wife was very sharp, he buried her with joy. Now she was thin and her name was Flynn, she came from Cullentra. And if me shirt's a claddy shirt, the man to blames, me da. Concerning women, sure it was a constant word of his. Keep away from them that's thin, their tempers as he riz. Well, I know too, I thought would do. But still, I had me fear, so I kippled back and furt between the two for years. Me Margaret had no fortune, but two rosy cheeks would please. The farmer land was Bridget's, but she took the pox disease. And Margaret, she was very wee, and Bridget, she was stout. But her face was like a jail door, with the belts dragged out. I'll tell no lie on Margaret. She thought the world of me. I'll tell the truth, me heart would leap at the sight of her to see. But I was slow, you'll surely know the reason for it now. If I left her home from Carmen, me da 
would riz awry. So I swithered back and furt, till Margaret got a man a fella from Mulleslin, and left me just the one. I mind the day she went away, I hid one struck an hour and cursed the wasp from Colin Tra that made me die so sour. But crying cures no trouble. So to Bridget I went back and I faced her there. That night waked beside her own turf stack. And I asked her there and I spoke her fur. The handy wife she'd make me. And I talked about the land that we'd join. But gob, she wouldn't take me. So I'm living in Drumlister and I'm getting very old. I creeped the carmen once a month to try and save me soul. The Dela man in this town land was cleaner out than me. And I'm dying in Drumlister in clobber to the knee. Shane, the solar gumsa go well to Sasta the Shin a Christian. I hope you're happy to hear that and we'll try to do our best to keep these old recitations, recitations alive. So well done to the Reverend Marshal. Up to Rome. Slan August Banakti.